Thank you for joining us today for this life-changing message from River of Life. If you are ever in our area, we would love for you to join us. For more information, click the link down below or download our app in the App Store under ROL Crawfordville. Now, let's join Pastor Chuck Coburn as he teaches from the Word of God. Amen. Thank you, Dante. Listen, if you didn't hear him last Wednesday night filling for Derek Gray, go to YouTube or our podcast and listen to him. He is powerful. Thank you. Hey, and we want to encourage you to do the same thing. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, make a video, 30-second video. Put it out there so our lost world can be invited and they can see the difference that Jesus Christ can make in their life. It's great. Well, if you are new to River of Life, um, I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, I typically wear clothing that's a little eccentric. Um, And I laugh because last week at Lake Baptism, which we baptized 63 people last week. Yes. It was an incredible time. But I had a couple of people say, Pastor Chuck, are you okay? And I'm like, what do you mean am I okay? I'm sure I'm fine. They're like, you have on a plain black shirt. <laughs> I said, well, we all dress alike for late baptism, so this is why I have it on. And so for those who are used to seeing me, well, I'm back in my normal self today. <laughs> if you have your Bibles, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. And if you don't, that's okay. We'll have it up on the board in just a second. This morning, I want to speak to you on the subject, your vibe, our vibe. And that sounds kind of weird, our vibe. Well, the word vibe means our tone, our disposition, our character, our persona. Each and every one of us have a vibe. And when we're at home, when we're in public, wherever we go, that vibe is clearly seen by other people. The question is, is... What kind of vibe are you displaying? And we're going to look at that this morning. The Apostle Paul is writing to a young church in Corinth. And they're young, and they're excited about Jesus and trying to grow in their faith. But the problem is, they've, done, they've got it kind of messed up a little bit. In fact, there was a lot of sexual immorality at this church. Uh, there was a lot of misunderstanding about God's grace and, and how to use spiritual gifts. There was even some doctrinal issues they were confronted with. And not only that, they were trying to merge somewhat of the world's ideology into Christ or the church's ideology. And it was really making a bad reputation for the church. That's just what happens when, when you claim and are one way on Sunday and you live somewhat different on Monday through Saturday. It creates a bad reputation not only for you, Not only for the church you attend, but also for our Heavenly Father. If you're going to claim to be a believer in Jesus Christ. So fortunately, God has blessed Corinth with an apostle. See, when the Lord set up the New Testament church, He created a great way for the church to grow and to thrive. He set it up this way. And you can read this in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. He gave apostles. He gave prophets. He gave pastors, he gave evangelists and teachers. That's the five. Some churches call it the fivefold ministry. Here's Paul, an apostle, 
And one of his responsibility as an apostle is to make sure that the church is holding on to sound doctrine. They are believing, living, and following the Word of God. Nothing more, nothing less. Well, his first letter, and there's two books to the church of Corinth, his first letter begins to point out all of their faults and to help them correct their faults. That's what an apostle does. He makes sure that the church is holding fast and living according to the Word of God. That's what he does. However, apparently they were like some of us. They really didn't get it because he has to write a second letter. Parents, you understand that sometimes. Children just don't get it on the first time. Sometimes you have to tell them over and over and over again. Well, Paul is writing again, and here's what's interesting. In the second time he writes, and you can read this in just a minute in verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 23, he said, the reason why I'm not coming... He said, because if I come, it will be such a severe rebuke, you won't like it. So instead, what I'm going to do is write you a letter. And so Paul writes them a letter. And in this letter, he basically tells the church of Corinth, this is how your vibe should be. This is how you should look, not only in the church you attend, not only in the home you live in, but to the outside world. This is the way you ought to be looking. Are you curious on how you ought to look? 2 Corinthians chapter 2, look at verse 14. He says, but thank God he has made his captives and continues to lead us along in Christ's triumphal procession. Now he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere. How? Like a sweet perfume. Our lives are like a Christ-like fragrance rising up to God. But this fragrance is perceived differently by those who are being saved and by those who are perishing. To those who are perishing, we are a dreadful smell of death and doom. But to those who are being saved, we are a life-giving perfume. Hmm. He compares the church like a fragrance, appealing to our senses. Now think about that. If you've ever walked into a store, partly in the cologne or the perfume section, you begin to smell all those smells. I mean, it's, it's inviting. It's very pleasant. It stimulates not only your nose, it'll stimulate your brain to start thinking. It stimulates your body to start acting. And, and some of you aren't believing. So let's go to more of an area you understand. How is it when you walk into the bakery and you begin to smell those hot and fresh donuts or the cake or the cookies? Now it stimulates you, right? It's the fragrance. What Paul was declaring is that we, you and I, we have a fragrance that we give off. But what's interesting, before he kind of narrows in on that fragrance, he actually tells you and I how we should look. And it's really a strange concept. Go back to verse 14. This is what he says. He says, but thank God he has made us his captives and continues to lead us along in Christ's triumphant processional. Now that's kind of weird. We're made captives... But yet, we're being led in a triumphal procession. Do you find that kind of ironic? 
kind of conflicting? Like, how is it that I'm a captive of Christ, but yet He parades me around in triumph? Well, it's simple. Let me give you an illustration. Back in September of 2022, uh, Queen Elizabeth passed away. And so, you know, so now we have to have a new leader. And so back in May 6, King Charles became the king. And on May 6, they led him on a processional. Hear how it was. They started at Buckingham Palace. They went along the mall. Then they went down to the Whitehall along the parliamentary street, on around the east sides and the west sides of Parliament Square, before reaching the great west door of Westminster Abbey. It was a total of about 1.5 miles. When they crowned him their new king, they led him down a 1.5 mile street so that everybody could see him and everybody could watch him. They were proud. A new person is in charge. See, tomorrow, let's go back today. When you leave this place and you go to the restaurant, you're going to be on display. When you go home this afternoon, you're going to be on display. When you get up and go to work tomorrow, you're going to be on display. You're either going to be a divine display for God Almighty or you're going to be a divine display for Satan himself. One way or another, you are on display. And you could say, not me. I'm never going to be on display. I'm going to be in the back corner. Then you're on display for the enemy. For you see, what Paul was trying to tell this church was that, listen, when Jesus Christ saved your life you can walk in victory knowing he has delivered you from your addictions he has delivered you from your past he has delivered you from what lies in the future basically christ holds you and i up to go see what i can do in the life of this individual and see you don't have to parade it around with t-shirts and ball caps and bumper stickers if you do that that's okay but your life itself should display that. That's what it should display. But what has happened with a lot of us is that we're like this church of Corinth. We come here and we hear the gospel and then we go out tomorrow and we live like the world lives. And so Satan holds you up and says, See, Jesus isn't that good, is he? Look at the addictions he's right in right now. Look how depressed she is. Look how much he talks about his boss or her boss. So, whether you like it or not, whether you believe it or not, you're on display. The question is, if you're on display for Jesus, are you making him happy? Or are you disappointing him? And if you're on display for the enemy this morning, it's time you stop. It's time you let the world know. Because you have to understand, you are a captive. It, that, here you go again. That's one of those, like, irony things of life. It's like an oxymoron. Now, wait a minute. You're telling me that I'm free, but I'm a captive? I'm captured, but I'm free? And the answer is yes and yes. For you see, when Jesus captures your heart, 
and you make sure he won't let it go and you won't let him let it go, you're going to be as free as free can be. But as long as you won't let Christ capture your heart and you're going to keep it close to you, then you're always going to be in shackles. You're always going to be in bondage. You're always going to regret your past. You're always going to wonder about your future. You're always going to think you're never going to make it because, see, you are the one who has captured and controlled your heart. One of the saddest things that ever happens in life is that an individual gives their heart to another individual and it gets broken, shattered into pieces. And what we do is we pick up our broken heart and rather than giving it back to Christ who created it and who can mend it and make it something brand new, stronger and better than before, we keep it. So what happens, we live isolated. We live secluded. We live in fear. We live in regret. We live in doubt because we won't let him have our heart. So let me ask you this question this morning. You're on display. Who's captured your heart? Does Jesus have it? Or does the enemy have it? Because if you have your heart, the enemy has it. And, and I can help you out with this if, if maybe you're trying to figure out who's got what. Because Paul even goes on further to tell us how we will know who has our heart. Look at verse 15. He says, Our lives are a Christ-like fragrance rising up to God. Our lives. Paul says, My life is like this sweet-smelling savor that rises up to the Lord. So when I walk into a room, it's that sweet-smelling aroma of God's love and God's grace that comes out of my life. So I'll ask you a question. When you walk into a room, do people smile at you? Or do they run from you? When they see you coming, are they happy that you're coming? Are they sad that you're coming? I mean, be honest. You know what I'm talking about. See, you can always make somebody happy. You realize that. You make them happy if you're coming or you can make them happy if you're going. It, either way, you'll make them happy. <laughs> we would rather you make them happy when you're coming. When people see you coming, are they in fear? Do they roll their eyes? Are they excited? Well, see, if Christ has your heart, they're going to be excited. If Satan has your heart, they won't be. Because they know what you're like. See, we give off basically two different aromas in life. First of all, there's a physical aroma, and I'm not going to stand here too long. I mean, when you walk into the room, you're giving off an aroma. Hopefully it's a good one. Teenagers, realize that showers should come at least once a day, maybe twice a day for some of you. Not once a week. There's a purpose for that. Toothpaste and deodorant are wonderful things. <laughs> Just want to tell you. <laughs> There's a reason for those things. And they are very helpful in the world we live in. Just want to say, you know, some of you don't believe me, do you? So, so... A while back, I was in the grocery store, and, and I was going down an aisle, and I never like it when um, the grocery store decides to change where everything's at on the aisle. 
Are you, are you like me? I mean, I'm in my zone. I know where everything is at. Now you've changed it, and i got to try to find it. So I'm walking down this aisle looking for something. And as I'm walking, kind of going back and forth, I noticed there was an employee over here kind of giving me this look, and I noticed there was a, a lady over here giving me a look. And, I, and it, caught, it just got my attention all of a sudden. Now, I've got to be honest with you. Deep down inside, I'm pretty shallow. Um, I'm vain. I, when, when I go out in public, I like to, to look nice, dress nice, and smell nice. And one of the reasons is because I'm one of your pastors. I, I, don't, I don't want you to have to go, there's one of my pastors. I'm not sure what he's doing in Panacea Nikes and coaching shorts. You know, I like to look nice. So, so I immediately, the, the, just the bells and whistles went off. I'm like, okay, what's going on? So first of all, I, I, I looked down real quickly to make sure everything was okay and it, where it should be. And it was. I'm like, okay, that's all right. Well, then I just kind of like reached over and went, yep, I'm good. I'm good. So then I'm looking in the buggy. Nothing's in the buggy. I, I look on my, my shoes to make sure I'm not dragging anything under my shoes. I'm like, so finally I had enough nerve. And I paused and I said to the employee, I said, is everything okay? And she said, you smell so good. <laughs> and the lady next door said, I agree. <laughs> and I said, well, thank you. I appreciate that. And then I told him what cologne I, I was wearing, you know. But listen, you're going to display some type of physical aroma. You want to make that very inviting to those around you, okay? Second, you're also going to display a spiritual aroma. Believe it or not, when people, come on, you know this, you don't have to be a theologian to understand this. You can get around somebody and immediately there's like a tension. There's like, whoa, 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 there's something wrong about this person. Why? Because you display in a spiritual aroma. It's a vibe. The way you display that is basically what's going in you will also come out of you. It's a two-way street. If you want your life to display something good, something meaningful, something holy, something righteous, then God has to be in there. If He's not, it won't work. And, and I can only share with you from, from personal experiences, uh, a couple months ago, my dad had knee surgery. And I took my dad in for the knee surgery, got him at the, the counter, was checking him in, and, and they took my dad back, and then we... Went out in the waiting room, just kind of patiently waiting on him. And I heard the lady behind the counter said, Mr. Coburn. And I thought, that's odd. My dad's already back in the back. What's going on? So I went to the counter. I said, ma'am, my dad has already gone back. And she said, no, sir, I'm not looking for him. I'm looking for you. And I said, okay, tell me why. She said, you are a follower of Jesus Christ, aren't you? And I said, yes, how do you know that? She said, I could sense it within my spirit. And I thought, wow. Well, then we had church right there for about the next 15 minutes. <laughs> but what the Lord was teaching me is that no matter where I go, no matter who I talk to, am I displaying His countenance and His love just by the way I act? 
I don't have to proclaim it from the rooftops. It helps. But does my very nature in itself proclaim the love and the life of Jesus Christ? Church, our world is really messed up right now. And the reason why our world is really messed up right now is because the church is really messed up right now. Now, thank you, Jesus, that River of Life is not one of those churches. We're going to preach and teach the gospel of Jesus Christ till the day we depart here. You'll never have to worry about that. But what has happened is that we come in here, act one way, go out there and behave another way, and we wonder why the world scratches his head and doesn't want to come into the church. We have to be who we are 24-7. And it doesn't matter if I look you eyeball to eyeball or I'm on the phone. It doesn't matter. The love of Jesus should be seen and heard always in and through my voice. Now, please hear me. Sometimes that may be a firm word. I mean, God's love is not always pleasant. Sometimes it's firm. The Apostle Paul writing to this church, it was a firm word. But what he was doing, he was helping this church understand you want to grow and thrive in the love of Jesus, you're doing it the wrong way. And what he's telling us, in order for us to show the world who God really is, we have to grow and thrive in the love of Jesus Christ. Regardless of what we do. Let me give you one more. Um, from time to time, uh, in case for those who don't know do, I'm, they tease me around the office. They say I'm the guy that spends all the money. Um, and to the point, that is true. I do spend all the money, I guess. It's one of my jobs here. Um, I call this rep uh, about sound and audio and all that stuff, and it never fails. When I call him, he always says, you need to call me about once a week. I just love to hear the sound of your voice. It brings joy to my heart. Once again, I, I'm not trying to point to me this morning. Please hear me. What it does for me is God's telling me, Chuck, what God's telling me, river of life, for all of the people you come in contact with, can they sense and can they know that I'm in your life? Now, let me just pause right here and tell you, I have to repent because I'm not this way 24-7. If you don't believe me, ask my children, ask my wife. It, the, the devil gets the best of me every now and then it comes out. Ask my friends who play golf with me. They'll tell you the same thing every now and then. I, I, let, I, I let my guard down and I let the devil get the best of me. So I don't want you to think I am like some saint, of, you know, some radical saint. I have issues just like you. But what I understand is that if I want my home life to be different, then my life has to be different. If I want my world to be different, my life has to be different. We are held by captivity, and your captivity will literally dictate your disposition of who you are. If you are held in captivity by the world and by the things of this world and by Satan, it will be clearly seen in the things you do, the places you go, the people you're with, the words you say. And if Jesus Christ has you captive, it will be seen in the things you do, the places you go, the people you hang out with, the words you say. So you may ask the question, 
how then can this change in my life? I want to say it's simple, but sometimes it's not easy. So here's how this changes. First of all, you have to understand that in order for your life really to change, you've got to let go of your life and let God Almighty take complete control of it. That's the most challenging and difficult thing you'll ever do, to let go of your life and let God have it. When you let go of your life and let Jesus have it, life will truly change. And the very first thing he has to do in your life is he's got to clean it up and he's got to clean it out. We're talking like a deep clean. We're not talking like these folks over here after gym, they just spray on some foo-foo and go to class and hope and pray it covers the smell. You've you got to go a little further than that. Come on, you know what I'm saying. You, you've been working sometimes. You realize no perfume or deodorant's ever going to solve this. I'm going to have to get in the shower and really scrub and get this clean. When I was growing up, I had a friend whose father worked at a protein plant. And when his dad came home, he would actually stay outside the house. He would take off his clothes. He would even take a shower outside and then come in. And sometimes he would have to take another shower inside because the smell from the protein plant had permeated his clothes and his body so much that he would have to take two showers. Sometimes... We have been out in the world so long that it's going to take the Lord a little while to get you cleaned up. And you've got to be willing to sit there long enough to let Him clean you up. Trust me, this is not like going through the drive-thru. Although nowadays the drive-thru, it takes a while, so maybe it could be the same. <laughs> I don't know about that. It, it, it takes a while. But we've got to learn to let Him clean us completely up and completely out. The problem with most of us is that we want the Lord to flash back to the 70s. There was a, a restaurant that had a key song in the 70s in 1974. When I, I start saying these words, you'll know exactly who the, who the restaurant was. Hold the pickles, hold the lettuce. Special orders don't upset us. All we ask you do is to have it your way. Who's that? Burger King. And so what happens for most of us, what we do is we come to Jesus and we say something like this. Hold the conviction, hold the Christian views. All I have is one order, let me do what I want to do. And if you don't mind, can I have it my way? Have it my way. I want it my way. Have it my way all the time. Now you guys laugh. Yeah. You guys laugh. But let's be honest, when you pray, are you really praying for God's way? Are you praying for your way? Are you really praying for God's will? Are you praying for your will? See, the question is, this can be a lot like this restaurant. See, it was Burger King, and you should worship the real king. And your phrase should be, Jesus, have it your way. Have it your way. But that's hard to do. You've got to learn to let God clean you up, clear you out. That's challenging. But if you will be still long enough and let the Lord do that, He'll make you a brand new person. Remember, Paul was a racist. Paul was a murderer. I can go on the list of what Paul was. 
But when God changed his life, and if you go back and read in the book of Acts, it took God a little bit of time to change Paul's life. It wasn't like he met God on the road to Damascus and God just saved him and then he just left, he just on that road just continued journey, journey and started the ministry. It took God a little bit of time to clean him up. It's going to take God a little bit of time to clean you up. But let me tell you what, when he finally cleans you up, everybody will know he has cleaned you up. Everybody will. You won't have to say it. They'll know it. Because of the love that comes from your life, that the Spirit of the, the Holy Spirit that rests on your life will declare that. So if you want the world to be better, then first of all, you've got to let Christ do a deep down clean in your life. You say, Pastor, I struggle with a lot of things. I know you do. And you'll always struggle with those things until you give them to the Lord. Oh, I gave them to the Lord, and then you probably picked them right back up. Or, oh, I gave them to the Lord, but he asked me to do this, this, and this as well, and I'm not going to do that. See, have it my way, have it my way. You've got to learn to give him all. And then finally, once he cleans you out, he's going to fill you up. Yeah, that's right. You know it. There's somebody that knows. And let me tell you what, when he fills you up, ain't no drug in the world better than that. Ain't no drug in the world better than that. Let me tell you what, when the Holy Spirit fills you up, and he comes on you, and he fills you, and you sense him and know him, there's no better feeling in all of life. But until you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you won't know any different. It's kind of like the person that's never experienced air conditioning in a, in a car. Like those of you who live in Canada, they don't even know what AC is. <laughs> but you come, down to, you come down to Florida, you want that AC. It makes all the difference in the world. Hey, you, you got it. The hurricane came. You were out power for a couple days, no AC. You were begging for Jesus for AC, right? <laughs> makes all the difference in the world, doesn't it? Listen. When you allow the Holy Spirit to fill you, makes all the difference in the world. But we don't want to stop there. When the Holy Spirit fills you, your next step is basically to sit still and let Jesus talk to you. See, an alcoholic, when they are so intoxicated, even though they've taken a shower, when they come into your presence, you can still smell the alcohol coming out of their body. It's just like a person who smokes. When they smoke, even though they've bathed, you can still smell the smoke on them. See, when a person finally allows Jesus to just saturate them, and you've got to let him saturate you. This is not the, the daily devotion for two seconds. This is just not throw me a verse real quick and let me have it. You got to know the word of God like the back of your hand. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. You know what's so neat about these six kids over here earlier? They've learned over 30 passages of scripture that when life throws them a curveball, they'll know exactly how to answer because the Holy Spirit will give them that word to help them. For you and for me, if we want to make our world better, we've got to have the Spirit of God in our life. We've got to have the Word of God in our life so that we can make a difference. <laughs> How does that help? Because when you have a bad boss, it helps. 
When you've got some friends that are challenging, it'll help. When you've got family members that are challenging, it will help. Because you're going to respond, you're going to react in a way that it should be done rather than the way it should not be done. See, what the world needs now more than ever is just not some flash-in-the-pan type thing. What the world needs to see is that when everything comes against you at your work, you can still hold your head up high and thank the Lord. When everything breaks loose in your life, they need to see that you're still faithful to God, you're still following Him, and you're not turning back. That's what they need to see. Somewhere we've lost that. Because some people have declared that life is always rainbows and unicorns in the Christian life. And it's not. We struggle. We battle. But how you struggle and how you battle will all depend on who's on your side. The best way is for Jesus. If you want to have victory over your home, it's going to take Jesus. It's going to take His Word and it's going to take the Holy Spirit filling you, guiding you, and leading you. Nothing more, nothing less. It's just that simple. That's how we can make a difference in our life. Do you want to be that sweet-smelling perfume that rises up to the nostrils of God? And He goes, Ah, that's my child. Then you have to live a way that He sees that and He smells that. So how does that work? Let me give you two passages of Scripture real quick in closing. First Peter... Chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. This is, how we, this is how we are supposed to treat one another here at River of Life and the family members of God. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 says this. Finally, all of you should be of one mind. That's the key, one mind. See, when we have differences of biblical opinions, we're in trouble. Listen, the Bible should be your final authority. And everything you believe about the Bible should line up with the Bible. You can't pull one verse out of the Bible and make it stand on its own two legs. It better line up with every other verse in the Bible. And that's what's happening today. Too many people are pulling one verse out of the Bible and they're trying to run with it. You see it now more than ever. God's Word will never contradict itself. So remember, if you're going to pull one verse out of the Bible to make your theological stance, it better line up with every other verse in the Bible. And if it doesn't, then you're wrong. Anyway, so we should be of one mind. We should sympathize with each other, love each other as brothers and sisters, be tenderhearted, and keep humble attitude. Don't repay evil for evil. Notice, there's going to be some issues in the church of God. Just We're human. Just figure that out. Every moment, we're all going to let our guard down and have a moment. So don't repay evil with evil. No, listen, don't retaliate with insults when people what? Insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do. Ooh, don't you don't, I don't like that. Do you like that? Notice that's what God called who? No, no, it called me. Say me. That's what it called me to do. God called me to do this. Yeah, y'all want to say just only Pastor Chuck and Pastor Henry and everybody else that preaches. No, God called you to do that. To what? To be a blessing so he will grant you with his blessings. You want your house to change? You want the house of God to change? Here you go. How about the world? Philippians 2, 14 through 16 says it pretty clearly. Do everything without complaining and arguing. Did he really have to put that in the Bible? <laughs> yes. 
We do everything. Everything. <laughs> everything. <laughs> Every. I just want it so you get it in. I'm going to be like, you know, I'm going to be like the dad with the child. Not one time. We're going to do it three times. Notice everything without complaining and arguments. Why? So that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. And last, you hold firmly to the Word of God. That's it. That's how we live our life. Nothing more, nothing less. You just have to figure out where you're at and where you need to be. I read this quote, I don't know how long ago, but it just rang so true in my mind. And if you want to know how to live, here it is, real plain and simple. Pull this quote up on the screen. Rather than arguing about the superiority of Christianity over world religions, I would rather put forth a light that is so lovely that all the world would be drawn into who? His presence. That's it. Today, if your home is a wreck, if your life is a wreck, why don't you come let Jesus clean you up and give you a brand new start? And today, if you really want this world to be different, why don't we start putting off a vibe so lovely that all the world would be drawn into his presence? But you have to understand it starts with you. Who has your heart today? Who's got it captive? Is it Jesus? Or is it someone or something else? And if someone or something else has your heart captive today, why don't you come forward this morning and release it so that God can capture you, change you, and make this world a better place? Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you will make it clear in our hearts and lives. Who has us captive? Lord, today, I want my life to shine your love and light to this world. Father, I want to put forth a light so lovely that all the world would be drawn into your presence. Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for allowing the enemy to steal my time. Allowing the enemy to steal parts of my life. For allowing the enemy, Lord, to steal my strength, my hope, my joy. God, today, may this be the benchmark. Today is the day, Lord, that we're going to declare that we, as your believers, are going to put forth the light so lovely that all the world is going to be drawn into your presence. But Father, we can't do it without you. So please, would you capture our hearts today? Would you clean us up, Lord, and would you truly fill us up? And I pray that in your name. Amen. Thank you again for watching our message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or if you need someone to pray with, please contact our office at 850-926-1200 or email us at info at rolcrawfordville.com We also want to encourage you to visit us Sunday mornings at 10.30 or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. 
please visit us at rolcrawfordville.com for more information and directions.